2: Hello, everybody. Jack and I are doing a new podcast about HBO's Westworld, and joining us is the wonderful Mike Bloom. Each week, we will recap, theorize, and discuss the awesome new HBO show, Westworld. The podcast is available on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are sold for free. So if you enjoy this episode, be sure to subscribe. So sit back and relax and enjoy our first episode of Westworld with Jay, Jack, and Mike. From Raleigh, North Carolina, and New York, New York, it's Westworld with Jay, Jack, and Mike, a podcast dedicated to HBO's Westworld. Each week we will discuss, theorize, and recap each episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Westworld with Jay, Jack, and Mike. My name is Jay. My name is Mike.
0: And I'm MOBA. What? (laughs) MOBA.
2: Yeah, from Seinfeld? Yeah. Is, Is there something that rhymes with? Dolores is, was oh, her name. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. That's just, a deep That's I, a right. deep cut.
1: You're very I, lucky that I only started recently watching Seinfeld for the t- first time and got to that episode like three weeks ago, or that would have <laughs> gone even more over my head than it did about 30 seconds ago. <laughs> a tough
0: one, but I figured someone would get it. Okay, I'm out of here. <laughs>
2: I'm power down. Yeah, you, <laughs> yep. yeah, usually you you pander to like the most common. denominator. not that one? That was, a, that was a deep cut. That was a that was a. because
0: they, they, they said Dolores like thirty times in the episode, and right when he first said Dolores, I go Malva.
1: Now, if Jack is spouting out Seinfeld references, do we have to put him in cold storage? Does that mean he's glitching out? <laughs> I think so.
2: Uh, up 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 up. <laughs> it's like I know that face. That's Jack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, welcome everybody to the show, and and welcome Mike Bloom uh, to the Jane Jack Fold. Uh, very excited to have you uh, as one of the hosts on this show. So, welcome.
1: I am so excited to be here. I said this before coming on the air. I mean, I'd drop anything to podcast with you guys. As a huge Lost fan, it's honestly something that if I told myself five years ago I'd be able to do this, I would slap myself for actually saying that would come true and then to talk about this show which really came in gangbusters from the premiere they rode in on their own horses and started blasting away any sort of conventions that we might have built up about this show to begin with i have just become evidently more pumped to cover this show with you guys
2: same here like watching it yesterday and then but like just every like it was just every minute was just so juicy i was like oh my god i'm so excited to get the podcast about this show can i
0: I Just say, though, the fly on the eye part I almost gave up on the show. I go, just get that fly off the eye. I can't take really?
2: it really. It I, I just
0: much? I, I don't like things on eyes, and mm-hmm. stuff, so, even though I wear contacts, mm-hmm. and it just when it was just sitting there, I'm like going, oh, get the fly off, get the fly off, get the fly there so you weren't gonna like,
2: podcast about it because of this whole fly. I was I eye. was just close
0: to it was it's my kryptonite. I was like,',
2: oh, please stop uh well no, I can definitely understand that uh well mike uh hopefully uh we don't uh maybe a, a couple weeks in, you realize that uh we're not that great and you're like ah oh, this <laughs> whatever whatever can, preconceptions you had about us well for now i, I for now
1: i've arrived on the train in the station and i am pumped to either don the white hat or the black hat or something in between
2: <laughs> awesome awesome <laughs> um now uh in preparation for uh this episode i think just about everybody watched the movie or at least uh, Mm -hmm. do a little bit of research um what what, did that give you any like thoughts or preconceived notions of what this would be like because it it seems like it's going a lot more deeper than the film did um, which was essentially just jurassic park with cowboys
1: yeah that's that's (laughs) the thing that i thought obviously the michael crichton connection is there but obviously having seen jurassic park before westworld i definitely knew the It was kind of building the foundation for what Crichton was going to build out a little bit more in Jurassic Park. It seemed like Westworld, the movie, was a lot simpler in terms of the plot. I was ready for things to really go haywire. And even when they did, it really didn't happen until later in the film. Whereas Jurassic Park, you get like a good 30 minutes of introduction and then things go crazy 0 to 60 almost immediately. But I guess in comparison to the film... It seems like we're sort of taking the skeleton uh, to sort of, I guess, mirror the opening credits, and we're sort of putting on, we're dipping it in that milky substance, but we're creating a different type of skin and muscular system to form a different type of being. The setting and the concept obviously already existed from the film, but they're doing something completely different with it.
2: Yeah. Well, they
0: did. They, there was a call out to the, a couple of call outs to the movie, though, because the one part where he says you used to be able to shake their hand and could tell who they you know, who the robots were. And that's how back in the movie, that's how you could tell who the robots were by their hands because they, they didn't do hands well is what they said. So a yeah. few call outs, to the, few call outs to the movie. But I, you got to remember, too, the movie, though, what, when was Jurassic Park made?
2: Ninety. Ninety. Yes. Ninety
0: three. OK. OK. The original Westworld was made in seventy three.
2: I didn't realize it was directed by Crichton too, which was like, Oh, I didn't know he directed the
0: movie. So it's a different you know, it's a different era, different you know, I mean they could only do so much.
2: Um no, Plus it's, it, it's it
0: had Yule Brenner. I mean, it just.
2: I mean, yeah, Yule Brenner. I so in uh, part of my research for the show, and it's something I do sometimes. I go into like a, 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 a Wikipedia vortex, and I start reading about Yule Brenner. I started reading about his life, and it just um, it, it derailed the entire research I was doing for this uh, week's episode. But um, yeah, I think it, well, he this... ca-
0: he came out when he died of cancer, lung cancer, I believe, yes. right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. he actually did a commercial before he died on the hazards of smoking.
2: Yes, he did. That, that was in the Wikipedia article that I read, but, um, back to the, the original movie, I think it had that seventies pacing. It, it took forever to get, but back then that was more like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Um, it was a cool movie when
0: you're 11. That's a cool movie.
2: Yes. Uh, and you're
0: if you're a Western fan and you like and that was just a that was a big deal back then.
2: <laughs> if, if you're a Roman fan, not so much. <laughs>
1: not so much. No.
2: Well, that's actually I was going to bring that up at, and kind of wrapping up this movie discussion. But um, with the the other worlds in the movie, do you think that's going to be brought into the TV show? Like with Roman world and what was the other one like Medieval world or uh, something?
1: Medieval yeah. world, yeah, which was probably I thought that was probably the most gruesome because that ended up with like the guy stabbed and trying to you know make uh, advances onto women. So that was probably the most lascivious one. It's an interesting question because obviously we saw after the first fifty minutes a lot of what goes on behind the scenes in the movie. There was one central hub that manned those three worlds. We don't know if that's exactly the case here. It seems like Westworld has enough on its own hands to let alone have, you know, Bernie and Ford have to deal with the other <laughs> two worlds as well. So maybe they'll maybe they'll end season one with like a pan out of the central hub to show not only Westworld, but not and not only Roman world and medieval world, but a myriad of other worlds as well.
2: Yeah, I think uh one of the interesting kind of reading and articles after uh the episode And even in the episode, you see they say that Dolores is the oldest character there, or host there, been there for 30 years. Um, But the creators talking about how they kind of view Westworld as being around as long as Disneyland's been around, which is like 60 years. Um, So it kind of gives a certain context to uh, your point, Mike, of like there could be multiple worlds that that we haven't even seen yet. And they even kind of alluded to it as well that uh, these these, people think these hosts are for the rich people, you know, paying to – you know, live out whatever adventures they want to have. But but the people that own the corporation have different ideas of what they want to use these robots for. Which I, is... I would
0: I, I would say there has to be more than, than just Westworld oh, because yeah. cause not everybody, like, to, to me, that would be a dream come true to go do something like that. But not everybody's into into Westerns and stuff like that. So, you know, there's it, there has to be other worlds. I mean, after 60 years.
2: And I'll say in terms of, like, where it could go, um, one of the interesting things I found about, or that I've seen about this show, is they they paused it for a while to do some reworks and, and re edits and reshoots for the pilot. Um, I think it was like twenty five million dollars just for this pilot, and a hundred million dollars for the season, which is insane um, to think about. Um, but when you actually see the product, you can kind of see it. Uh, but they've actually they went back and they kind of did the story arc for I think six seasons total, like six years. Total, so a beginning, middle, and end, and they kind of wrote everything out, um, so oh, that really? uh, they, unlike you know some of these other shows that we have like Lost maybe that didn't quite have it all <laughs> worked out and and it kind of made some people BS, mad. BSG, uh, but at least BSG, he said like he's making up as he goes along, so there's like no preconceived notion that there was some. I had, of I had,
0: I had it. no issues with. It. I'm just pointing it out. That
2: um, that's what people, but this show has a, a very tightly knit, according to Jonathan Nolan and um, I'm blanking on his wife's name but uh, Liz. T- uh, yeah Liz I can't remember. Um, I have IMDb I could just look at um, she didn't take his last name actually uh, oh, well, but Ms. <laughs> um, they have a very tight uh, knit story for six seasons I believe or six years um, and that's that's got to be exciting right did did you guys feel that watching this episode in terms of knowing or at least setting up things years down the line
1: I mean, I definitely felt this setup. And again, I think we're going off the skeletal structure of the film, which is this idea of the androids kind of going off the rails a bit and starting to kind of have their own individual wills and start to remember their non-ordained paths and possibly starting to attack their creators. So I think it's definitely there. And obviously they were hinting to it, even with the final shot of the first episode. I'll be intrigued to see where we are at the end of the season and whether... Because they're plotting things out for possibly 60 episodes, are they going to play things a little bit slower or are they going to be much faster and looser? I know before this premiere, there was an interview with the creators where they said, you know, we're not going to do an anthology where a different group of people come to Westworld every season. We're going to keep track with these same group of characters. So I feel like they're going to lean on the slower, plottier elements rather than going fast and loose.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. And from what I've heard of reviews of the first few episodes, it seems like it's definitely taking its time, which which I'm I'm perfectly okay with. It's Lisa Joy, by the way. uh uh, going back and answering that question um but before we get to the to the recap here and digging into this episode i do think it's probably a good idea to go over the characters i feel like sometimes with new shows there's all these new characters and if you know you're watching and just casually watching and listening to this podcast like who's that guy which one's that guy who's this um so let's let's do a quick rundown of uh, some of the the main characters here you guys cool with that Mm -hmm. yes all right so uh first step at top billing i mean a lot of big actors uh in this show but anthony hopkins as dr robert ford who seems to be the creator or the designer of these robots um and it pretty good i mean pretty cool guy a little mysterious uh, a little i'm sensing a little bit of nefariousness about him or it's almost like he's bored and he wants to actually kind of shake things up a little bit um and we have uh, Evan Rachel Wood or
0: or or he has already uh, has he already done it that's the
2: uh... I, that's the question mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, Evan Rachel Wood as Dolores abernathy, um, the oldest host in the park, 30 years there born um, in
0: Raleigh, North Carolina.
2: Oh, is she? I didn't I did I, know.
0: I didn't know. I clicked on it because I really wasn't sure who she I've heard the name, but I wasn't sure what she's been in before.
1: Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah, I remember her. The very first thing I remember seeing her in was Across the Universe, which I don't know if you guys saw that. It was like oh, yeah. a musical that, that Beatles used one. Beatles music. Yeah, it was her and oh, Jim okay. Sturgis. And, but I also remember her. She was in The Wrestler. She played Mickey Rourke's daughter. Oh, okay.
2: Didn't she get nominated for something in that, or was it only Mickey Rourke that got nominated?
1: Fuck I think God. it was Mickey. It might, been, it might have been Tomei as well, I'm
2: not sure. That's right. That's right. Um, next up is a very intriguing character, uh Ed Harris's <laughs> uh the man in black, or I've seen all again, reference. not again.
0: <laughs> Can't give that guy a name. Um, God,
1: I'm imagining Allison Janney in a cave somewhere.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I also like the uh I've seen other work talking about him as the gunslinger, which was Yule Brenner's character in right. um in the film uh which is basically just like a complete you know carbon copy of his character from magnificent seven um dun,
0: dun, dun, dun.
2: but uh yeah very int- this his character seems to intrigue me the most uh out of all of them that i've seen so far um, seems
0: like a nice guy
2: but he's up to something and it's like what is he up to um so i'll be excited to see how that kind of plays out uh, James Martin always uh, the second fiddle to any other le- male lead character. Um, he continues that uh, with his character of Teddy Flood. Um, at, least, at least he gets the girl this time.
1: Isn't he the one in...
2: In the Notebook,
1: who like he is clearly trying to court Rachel McAdams, but she clearly is in love with
2: Ryan Gosling. Like, well,
1: exactly. I have no idea if I'm playing to a blank wall here, but that's I'm playing to the entire
2: listenership. <laughs> I, I guess. Um, no, you're right. So he he he, he was runner up there, but he was runner up here because Ed Harris killed him.
1: That's true, but then, uh, right, but then Hector, Hector, got, Hector got a killing as well.
2: Yeah, it's true. Um, and uh, he was also uh, Cyclops, and he kind of was runner-up to uh, Wolverine uh, with Jean Grey. Um, so he's, just, he's really good at playing these characters. Oh, he was also in uh, Superman Returns, and he was Lois's, Lois Lane's uh, significant other while Superman was away. Also um, on
1: 30, 30 Rock. Yeah, he, he, he lands the girl on 30 Rock. He's Liz yeah. Lemon's
2: final boyfriend. That's there true. you go. That's true. There you go. See? He's not always uh, the bridesmaid, never the bride. Um, then we have uh, Thandie Newton uh, playing, m- is it Mav or Maeve Malay? I think Mav, it's Maeve, isn't Mav, it? Mav, Maeve, Malay. Yeah, I'm going to say Maeve. Um, seems to name? be the, the lead brothel woman. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, yeah. is that the technical term? Um, uh, Jeffrey Wright is Bernard Lowe. Um kind of senior program uh, manager uh, guy. He seems to be kind of enamored with Ford's work, um, but almost blindly trusts him a little bit too much, I'm feeling.
1: Yes. Yeah, I wonder if, I guess we're going to see the hierarchy of the larger Westworld contingency more, but I wonder exactly, is Bernie Ford's number two, or does Ford have a bunch of other subserving people as well in different divisions?
2: Yeah. It's it'll be interesting to see. Definitely interesting to see. Um, this next actor is a fan favorite from Lost, Rodrigo <laughs> Santoro. Um, well,
1: I guess he's he's more favorably known as a hot Carl from Love Actually. Oh, it's I've
2: never seen love. I've never seen Love. Yes, she's the
1: uh he's the one that I think it's Laura Linney, like has a crush on and rather tragically it turns out that they can't get together because she has to take care of her brother, but he's he's stock cast as like the hot guy in the office in love, actually.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. Um yeah, and he's also well known at well, I, he was he was billed as the was the Brazilian Tom Cruise, I think, when he was cast on Lost as Paulo. Um uh, of the Nicky and Paulo duo but Hector uh Escaton um as uh the the bandit uh that ends up uh, the bad him, guy the bad guy um and there's more characters there as well there's kind of the, the big ones that I kind of want to jump into any other characters you want to kind of bring up oh, We also have uh, his her her dad I'm trying to remember we have Lee Sizemore played by Simon Quarterman. Uh, he seems to be the yeah, I was writer to say that's that's the, uh, the uh, douchey British guy Yep yep um he he plays it well he plays it well uh, da, 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 da. yeah there's a lot of yeah peter abernathy uh seems to be a catalyst character um what about, played by what, what Lewis what about Hertham what what
0: about clementine pennyfeather
2: clementine Pennyfeather uh seems that's the,
0: the best da- that's the best name in the cast i think
2: <laughs> um she is one of the brothel members correct i feel yeah i i don't want I, don't, I, don't, I i want to be respectful of their profession um and not you It's the to... oldest one. Yes, it's true. It's true. <laughs> um. All right. So those are the char- cast of characters. Uh. And let's jump into the recap, guys. What do you say? Do it. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Um. So we have our first episode, and it kind of starts from the perspective of uh the hosts. Um, where we're kind of digging into uh, Dolores's um story. She seems to be uh asking to recall these events that happened to her. Um, and it kind of goes through, it's a bit of a, I, I don't know if it's a bait and switch, but kind of introducing, um, Madsen's character, uh, to the show. And I'm, I'm I, the way it was set up to me is like, Oh, he's going to be one of the people, um, kind of one of the actual guests of the park. And I, I thought the same thing. Uh, yep,
1: same. And I think, I think that was expected was that you, he comes in on the train, you know, he gets pointed out by the sheriff to bring down Hector. It seems like he's going through the simulation. We're supposed to see things through his eyes, kind of like James Brolin and I forget the uh, the character of Peter in the movie. Mustachioed But man. I think, yeah, and I think, but I think things <laughs> take a little bit of uh, an interesting turn when he. Yeah, that's who it is. Yes, the man with two first names. Uh, yes. But when he first sees Dolores, and Dolores says, "You came back," that's probably the first little question mark that gets raised in your head because again if you know the world of westworld you know that these androids get shut down and basically have their memories reestablished every morning so that she wouldn't in effect remember who he was unless he was involved in the simulation already
2: Ah, uh, see you're lots this is why you're on the show because you're a lot smarter than jack and i i, was, I wasn't even thinking well, that
0: well i was thinking too when he runs into the guy the first time he gets off the train and the guy bumps into him he turns to go for his gun but then he stops. So it was the guy he ran into one of the one of the visitors, because he can't shoot a visitor.
2: Well, he mm. he, he can. It's just it's not going to hurt him, right? Why well, say that he he
0: he reached, he looked, and he goes, "Okay, I can't." Now, see, at first I thought the whole th- time too that he was he was he was real.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. So, but um, it would it would have ruined the surprise that we have. To, you know, when he does get shot.
2: Um. And it's One of the, the, the main differences between the movie and the show is uh, in, in the movie uh, they couldn't shoot uh, the um, guests, right? But here they can still shoot, but for some reason the bullets, the way they hit uh, the visitors, it's almost like a BB gun or even less than a BB gun. It doesn't really right. hurt them. It doesn't do anything. Uh, which is a great reveal uh, because we are kind of following um, Teddy's love story here with Dolores and uh she you know, he goes in for the kiss, she's like, I have to get back to my father. Um and then uh shots happen at the house. He goes uh to see what's going on. There's these two, you know, nefarious Freaky. guys. Um <laughs> they and...
1: they took all of Ben Linus's milk for a cereal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um and uh he takes care of them quickly. Um and as Dolores is outside tending to her uh uh father, um the the man in black uh, arrives, and uh, we quickly learn uh, that Teddy is not um, a human or a visitor. Uh, he is just part of part of the plan. Um, one of the the hosts of the show. Um, digging into you, other.
0: Go ahead. Wait, do you think do you think the mom is anybody? Because we never see the mom's face, right?
2: No. Well, yeah. I guess we don't, huh? No, we I, see her corpse. Yeah, you
0: see her corpse, and she's still warm, <laughs> according <laughs> to the one guy. So nobody
1: judge <laughs> you for it. This wouldn't be like an HBO show if there wasn't so much lascivious stuff right. going on. Considering that they did, they were a little conservative though. It took them a good 17 minutes to get their first boob shot of it's the episode. True.
2: Yes, it's true.
1: It's like we're not going to be like Game of
2: Thrones. Right. No, no, we're, we're going we to build morals here.
1: By the way, let's blow someone's face out from the back.
2: <laughs> that was shocking. That was shocking. I know the fly on uh, uh, Dolores' eye freaked Jack out, but the whole face being blown off, that was
0: uh That, that didn't bother me.
2: It didn't bother you? Okay. Good
0: no, that, 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 that didn't stun me at all. It's like, okay.
2: Um, Bernard, uh, lead programmer, he notices uh, the hosts are exhibiting an odd behavior, um, and we meet with Robert. Uh, it's and what What's the term uh, that he used for... Uh, what Robert's putting into... um, Reveries. Reveries. Um, Yeah, so essentially
1: they are what Robert is doing and what Peter has sort of built out is that uh, Robert is allowing them to, as they're playing through this day over and over and over again, there is sort of a subconscious that builds, even though their memories are being erased. And sort of what the reveries do is a, a higher level of the technology in these androids that allows them to access that subconscious to alter their movements a little bit more to make them look more human.
2: And nothing can, nothing wrong can ever come of that. No. No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh after recent updates uh Westworld sheriff malfunctions in uh, a shocking or not just even like slightly disturbing fashion. Um and this is where I got to give credit to like the pacing and directing and just the acting of it is as a viewer I was like I was so bought into these characters. It didn't seem fake, but when they, they started like malfunctioning, uh, like the sheriff, it was like really uh, disturbing or really off-putting in a certain way.
1: Yeah, I, we'll talk definitely about Peter Abernathy's final stand, I guess, before he gets put in cold storage, but that actor was incredible. In that that one scene, he was able to show that both tendencies of being an android and a human at the same time, which again, there is one second where I dropped my... Skeptical guys and really thought that he was a robot. It's that's that's amazing to pull off nowadays.
2: Yeah, definitely. And it, it wasn't even like a a, a CG uh, you no. know s- insane special effects thing. Uh, it was just good acting, which was cool. Um, uh, Jack, your old man quote here should be like, "That's why it used to be. It was better back then."
0: That's how we get it back with the real movies.
2: Um, shortly after, it is,
0: be- it, it is better to use real you know, real actors instead of the CGI stuff.
2: Uh, And then shortly after that, another host um, who enjoys the milk malfunctions and slaughters a number of other hosts, um, and that convinces Teresa to pull the updated host out of Westworld. Um, Elsewhere, uh, one of the newcomers, the gunslinger, uh, or as uh, the man in black as he is known, uh, is on his own mission, and he takes uh, the uh, poker... um, dealer uh guy um and tortures him he wants to find out more and he scalps him and there's like a a map or something in his head.
1: Yeah, that's so strange. Is that like Westworld's version of like, if found, please return to (laughs) this area? (laughs) Why why else would you print a map of how to get, I guess, to Westworld Hub on the heads of your androids?
0: Now my only question is the the guy's out in the middle, he's torturing him out in the middle of nowhere, right? Was was there an electric golf cart to go pick up the dealer?
2: <laughs>
0: like Wait, in the it's movie, because the state of because remember in the movie they had state of the art, but they had electric golf carts to pick up everybody. So,
2: <laughs> um, well, some some technologies you just can't improve on. <laughs> um, but my thing the whole time, like why he's doing all this? Like, isn't I guess it's a really big world, but isn't anybody like tracking what he's doing right now? Like, why isn't there any like alarm bells that? Uh, uh, the man in black is doing what he's doing.
1: Yeah, I guess we have to question about what exactly the tracking system is. I know that they obviously have that giant topographical map of Westworld that allows them to kind of zoom in, but you'd think that they put like trackers in all their droids, right? That yeah. they'd be able to notice, oh, this guy is going rogue. What is he doing out in the middle of like the you know the high sierras? But maybe they just feel. Is not the stereotype of the old West that sort of anything goes and you can do what you want. Maybe they just thought it was part of the experience.
2: I guess, but it, I, well, well, yeah. once he's
0: once he's been killed, or you know, you still have to bring him back, right?
2: Yeah, because they have to like kind of repurpose him.
0: Yeah, so like I said like in the movie, like I said in the movie, they would go pick him up.
2: Um, if there's a little bit of a um, theory here, I think it's he's he says he's been going there for thirty years. Um, yeah, at, at that point, whoever he is, he's not there just to do the normal stuff, but I, or if, could he somehow be connected to the corporation and what they, what their future plans are? Um, but he would probably know what that whole scalp, I don't know, just, it, there's something about him and it just, it seems weird to me that nobody's paying attention, or it seems like nobody's paying attention, uh, to him doing whatever the heck he wants.
1: What if the man in black is like the Slugworth to the Willy Wonka of Westworld. <laughs> that he is the competition that has been trying to infiltrate it and secretly get its secrets.
0: That would have been horrible if Slugworth would have scalped Charlie. I'm oh, to- God. oh, God. That, that might have killed the movie. I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> might have. A little might bit have. Bit. have ever <laughs> left <laughs> Gobstopper? Where are they? Um, uh, we have Peter... <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Dolores' father, Peter, finds a picture of a woman, it seems like, in Times Square. Um, and who's, it's... The, who's the woman? Is it his wife? No, I think it's just some guest that was there that had a picture of yeah, my
1: Yeah, My assumption would be that, because I, I know in the movie they said you have to, like, basically just keep away all your personal possessions because you don't want to bring anything anachronistic into that world. And I guess somebody had snuck a photo in. I'm su- frankly, I'm surprised that didn't happen more. Maybe they just... They usually catch it when, like, things drop into the dirt, but this time it didn't. I don't know. My, my wife had a theory that because who knows how this land was constructed, maybe the land existed beforehand, and this was a relic uh, from what existed before Westworld, that that could be something we can put a pin in. Honestly, right, that let's...
2: makes more sense to me than, like, cause yeah. if you're going to Westworld, why do you need that picture? Like, what what good does that, like, why would you, like, smuggle it it's, in, it's, I would it's, assume?
0: It's a good luck charm.
2: Maybe. But I like the idea that it was there before. I do like that, yeah. Um, so maybe we should just have your wife on the show with us.
0: It it, it, it messed I know, up.
2: I just, got, I just boomed myself for my <laughs> new.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thanks for playing along.
2: Um, but uh, he starts behaving uh, strangely, um, and he, it, me-
0: it messed it, it messed him up.
2: Yeah, like he starts to he starts to have similar things to what uh, the sheriff was going through, um, and he uh, tells a secret uh, to Dolores. Um, and she goes into the town um, uh, to try and get some help. Uh, Teddy is there, um, but Lee, the kind of storyteller guy, is arranged to, so they can pull out all of the, the bad um, hosts uh, that had the bad update. Uh, he bumped up the, the week time, uh, timeline for um, Hector to come to town, um, and they basically come to town and just start killing everybody.
0: This was my favorite favorite part of the episode.
2: Do you just like was it,
0: was
1: it was it the uh, the saloon version of Paint It Black? Was that what did it for you? <laughs>
0: that, but yeah, it was. Just, I loved the music, was just perfect. I just I just thought it was great.
1: Um,
0: Obviously, not the violence part, but it, eh, it was good too. But just it just it was just like the music fit the scene perfectly.
2: So I don't know if anybody read about this, but the the, uh, the piano roll or the, the Nickelodeon or the player's piano. Um, that they have their, it's actually real player roles. That, uh, so mm. they ha- I think it was Painted Black was a modern song and also Black Hole Sun uh, mm-hmm. was another one that was there. But they have this company that still makes piano roles in California and they actually got those made specifically once they got the rights to the songs. Um, really? it so was a real piano role playing. And they actually brought in the course like the actual symphonies and everything later on. But the, the basis of it is a real piano role. So that was yeah. kind of cool. And it's also a cool way to kind of bring in modern music to it, which I thought was kind of neat.
1: Yeah, which, again, well, obviously that takes place in an indeterminate period in the future where this yeah. type of technology exists. But it's fun if, if at this time they consider those types of songs to be as antiquated as we think songs from the Old West are now. <laughs> I think that's a fun way to kind of place it in the realms of history.
2: That is, that is a good point. That is a really good point. Um, but uh, Teddy is killed uh, in the gunfire, uh, unfortunately, because Dolores, you know, just has to get in trouble. And uh, Dolores, uh, after kind of the aftermath, of everything uh, Hector gets shot through the neck, Um, and he's like, "I did it! I did it!" Um, And poor Lee, (laughs) get a picture of it, (laughs) because Lee was kind of waxing poetic about how awesome his speech was that he that he wrote and everything. I love that. (laughs) Um, And Dolores is knocked out as well. Um, Robert Ford uh, questions Peter um, in a really like dark, dark scene. Like the whole time, I was like. Robert, what? Get out of there! I think like he's going to like rip your face off. Cause the whole, I, in my <laughs> mind, I was thinking, uh, Anthony Hopkins, Oscar-winning actor, he's really important. Like, hey, he's probably just going to get killed off in the first episode so He doesn't have to do this TV show. That's what was in my mind. So I was like, he's going to get killed, but uh, it didn't happen.
1: I, I had one eye on the screen and the other eye on my Shakespeare anthology to look up all the references that Peter was making in that scene.
2: <laughs> uh, do you want to? Do you want to dig into him there? If if you did, uh, if you have any greater knowledge yeah, so, about
1: that? Yeah, so I can look into them. I know that there's a wide variety. I mean, a lot of them are pretty surface level. Uh, you know, things like when we're born, we cry, we come on this great stage of of fools. Uh, I think that's a reference to King Lear, and it's talking more about infancy, but I think in that instance, Peter is more so representing the fact that he has kind of come into his own now. He's once was blind, but now he sees and he sort of realizes the fools he's surrounded by. He does conflate... Uh two plays at once when he does the by most mechanical and dirty hand, I shall have revenges on you both. Uh they're both sort of revenge quotes, but they're from two completely different things. And the secret that you mentioned before that he whispers to Dolores of uh, these violent delights have violent deaths, it you can pretty much know what it means without even looking at the Shakespeare <laughs> origin. It's hey, violent means lead to violent ends. That you are doing violent things in our town there's a good chance that we are going to violently turn on you in the end.
2: Uh, Yeah. And it was just – it was really cool. And Robert kind of plays it off as, oh, he was a Shakespearean actor, you know, three – you know, two generations ago before he was a sheriff and stuff like that. So it's just – it's part of that uh, memory recall. Um, But, again, like I was talking about earlier uh, Robert Ford kind of seeming slightly nefarious. Like, to me, in the way he's in, in portraying or acting that scene, like, he knows that it's not just some memory recall. Like, he he seems to know – that um, these hosts have taken like an evolutionary step in a certain direction. What are your guys' thoughts there? I agree.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he, well, it's interesting the way he defines evolution. I think he says earlier on in the episode, when kind of monologuing to Bernie, that you know, evolution forged the creation of sentient life using one tool, the mistake. Yeah. And I think he's even said something before that about how. basically forgive me for the mistakes that I have made. And so what he seems to believe is that, yes, I might be doing things wrong, and yes, some people might die, but it's for the greater good to create this perfect technology. But then he said something to kind of negate that when he says we're pretty much done evolution-wise because we've created beings that can essentially rise from the dead, like Lazarus emerging from the cave. So I'm so curious as to who he is, if he will turn out to be like our John Hammond analog, that's just sort of a jolly old man that's over his head, or if he really is up to something a little more nefarious. I- I'd have to think it's the latter.
2: Yeah, because John Hammond, there's like this kind of childlike innocence about John Hammond. Um, and that's almost like what his downfall is. I um, it's one of my favorite scenes from Jurassic Park when he's talking about his, uh, the flea circus that he put together. Um, and, you know, uh, I can't remember... Uh, the girl's name but she kind of says you know these fleas are killing people um in this (laughs) part but it's still just like there's not a respect for what they actually created but there i think in the 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 opposite there for robert is he does respect what he's created and there's like this this deep knowledge of or at least it seems that way to me there's a deep knowledge of what he's doing um but uh peter uh uh i'm sorry um Robert explains the behavior of Peter away and everybody seems to buy it, uh, which again, I'm just like, ah, you guys are just too trusting or maybe I just watched too many TV shows to, to trust. <laughs> anyone. Um, but the question, uh, by, uh, the Westworld peeps, uh, she seems to answer all the questions correctly. Um, she has a new, uh, father, um, when she comes back to the rest world, because Peter and uh, a lot of the, the malfunctioning people are put into cold storage, uh, which, again, was kind of sad. There's uh, Peter uh, seemed to have kind of tears uh, welling in his eyes as he was being put away in cold storage. And once there's kind of seeing all those, like, just uh, uh, naked uh, hosts uh, being put away, um, a part of me was just like, God, that's going to be an insane like army of the dead that's going to come back yeah. and like take
1: <laughs> you, you. You know, and especially since when we saw cold storage, it was leaking, so it's not exactly that airtight. You, if you leave a gaggle of inoperable androids down there in your building, eighty-three floors below, waiting to come get you, like that—that's got They're going to come up sooner rather than later.
2: Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and it'd be it'd be fun to see. Uh, at least I hope it it comes up, but it, there's no way they they keep them and show it to us as an audience without that going co- without that coming back later. There's no way, unless unless I'll they want
0: us to unless they want us to believe that.
2: Uh, I don't know, but just it's like it, that's just so much potential for like a really awesome, you know, action sequence. Uh, it it would be hard to pass up. Plus, they're spending so much money on this these episodes; they have the money to do it. Um, but uh, so Dolores kind of goes back to living her day. Uh, we referenced a little bit earlier that kind of the last scene of the episode is uh, a little fly lands on her neck. And we, as we learned earlier in the episode, uh, they, they can't kill any living uh, creature, uh, but she uh, casually kills the fly, um, which kind of just signals that things have changed. Yeah, um, cause we've
0: seen – because, you know, i talked about the fly in the eye. The sheriff had a fly in his face. You see flies on a lot of the robots. But that's well, a yeah, a disconnect.
1: The, West, the Wild West was a disgusting place in terms of hygiene. I think Exactly. doesn't um doesn't old Clementine when she smells Teddy for the first time, she's like you don't have that rind on you. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> you don't stink. Um but uh but yeah, uh thoughts on the first episode, guys? Anything else want to dig into or or main things about this episode uh that we want to talk about?
1: There's a lot. I feel <laughs> like there I mean, I feel like we should uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the man in black and okay. his previous history. Slugworth theories aside. I like the, the, fact that
2: theory,
1: he, the the fact that he has been, he said you know, he's been coming and going here for thirty years, and he really seems to know the lay of the land. I just wonder what his connection was. Do you think it's specifically to Westworld? If there were other places, do you think he's checked that out? Do you think he just has a personal, history with the company and now he wants to go deeper obviously he's the most mysterious character on the show right now but you have to wonder exactly why he's digging in so deep and really blowing a hole in the reality of this world
2: well could we also consider him maybe a catalyst for this this evolution that's gonna come i mean uh, would he be that important or is he just kind of this this side story like um i i I really, I really don't know. And that's what kind of intrigues me so much about him, because they're leaving him so ambiguous. Um, but he, he seems to, uh, have a path that he's following. He, he knows where he wants to go. He knows where he wants to end up. Um, uh, but for what reasons, uh, we don't know. It could just, it could be as simple as he's a really rich guy. He's been coming for 30 years and he eventually got bored of the normal stuff. So he's doing something, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot more nefarious, uh, or, or a multitude of different things. But I, I really, I really don't know. Um, it, it, he obviously doesn't know enough because he's uh searching for answers uh he's he's scalping the heads of people to find out you know more information or get more information from people so he doesn't seem to be coming from a place of knowing um which i guess what to me might w- cancel out that he's an Im- informed employee maybe um but i don't know i like the Slunkworth idea it's funny I, it, there's <laughs> there's something there um or maybe, or maybe he is a sympathizer to the hosts, and he wants to. Uh... Well,
0: he sure he sure seems th- sympathetic <laughs> to the uh, dealer.
2: That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I'm gonna drain three. I'm gonna drain half your blood and scalp you. <laughs> yeah, it's just, ah, I just, I don't but know. I feel bad doing it. Uh, Action, Jackson. What do you think? I have a theory. Is that part of your crackpot theory, or no? You say that's
0: that. part of my crackpot theory.
2: Oh, so you're not. So i have
0: just, I just been silent on this whole thing because.
2: Oh. Um, but. I I I really don't know. People, some people, or uh, for him as a gunslinger, it'd be interesting if he did kind of take on that Yulburt. But he's not, he's not a, a host though, because the, the other host couldn't kill him. Um, so yeah, it just it'd be really interesting to see where that goes. It, it could be uh, a, a tiny little thread that'll unravel to something a lot larger uh, in the coming seasons. And that's what's kind of interest, or at least makes it fascinating from like theorizing about a show perspective is. Uh, they, you know, delayed production of the show to actually write out an overarching mythology and story um, for seasons, seasons, and seasons. Uh, so the potential for that kind of stuff is there, and I think that's what makes it interesting to talk about.
0: Well, that was risky when they did that too, because remember when they put it on hold? Everyone, went, oh, the show's done before it even gets started. Mm-hmm. So that was a big risk, but it, I think it's going to pay off.
1: Yeah, I think that. I mean, this premiere really made a splash a lot of people are talking about it i think early ratings seem to indicate it's been hbo's biggest premiere since true detective which granted was only a few years ago but i think it's going to be very well talked about and if it holds its quality i think it'll definitely be going on for many seasons to come you bring up an interesting point about the man in black possibly being a, a host sympathizer and i wonder do you think we're going to see eventually one of the humans, whether it's a guest or whether it's someone in Westworld headquarters, decide to, if there is sort of an Android uprising to side with them and to aid them? And if so, who do you think is probably the most likely to do it from the cast of characters we have right now?
2: Hmm. What was the, what was the, um, I think it was Bernard's like assistant. Um, oh, the
0: she, f- um, Eliza name. Is it Eliza? Eliza.
2: Uh, she seemed. I would see her as a sympathizer, and also see kind of Bernard as a sympathizer. I think people that have like the intimate relationships with, uh, the hosts would be sympathizers.
0: We forgot about Man in Black too. He he seemed to to rape uh, Dolores too. Over and over. Yeah, again. So, so
2: probably not the most sympathetic.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: He's <laughs> yeah. probably not the person you want to get behind of uh robot rights. Yes, I'm, yes. Trying to, I'm,
2: I'm,
0: trying to, I'm trying to think of, of something he did that was kind.
2: Well, he hasn't been kind, <laughs> but he it's like he has interesting methods. He feels um, bad afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um Or but maybe he's trying to do these things to instigate them to I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to justify any of his that, actions. No, that's
1: true. That there, there could be a, granted through like very Bad <laughs> means, but maybe he's trying to incite a glitch out of them or incite them to change their behavior pattern by doing something so bad or or I mean, I think one of the things that Peter might have gotten changed by it might not have just been the picture. It seemed like he was remembering something that happened beforehand, whether that was you know, even though he was dead, watching the man in black kill him and rape his daughter or something from when he was a cannibal out in the mid- middle of the desert in a previous existence. But maybe the man in black is saying, I'm going to do something so bad it leaves an imprint in your subconscious. So when these revelries are accessed, it will come to light, and then they're going to change their demeanor
2: based on that.
0: But Dolores didn't remember him.
2: Well, but, but he's referencing it, though. You Every but, time but, he but, interacts but, with her.
0: But didn't, De- didn't Dolores remember Teddy?
2: because well, that was programmed in her to remember that's the path. Okay. yeah that's okay. the path. but um but it, his actions are he's like don't you remember I've been coming here for 30 years you still don't remember me like he's he seems to be instigating or at least k- referencing the fact that you should know me you should know me you should know me like so when um, he says
0: he hands her the can back it's sweet like you and I can't visit you tonight I have other plans
2: um, I
0: gotta I gotta slit some of the guy's throat so, so, so it, it,
2: it, it it's a, it, it goes to that you know uh, 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 the Shakespeare quote of of violent uh, ends to violent means. Um, But maybe that's just his whole process is uh, to try and instigate some type of uh, mistake or evolutionary step out of them and remember what's being done to them every single day. Um, Again, maybe kind of going around a lot of different ways just to make something or give us uh, some uh, meat uh, to the Man in Black story here, his mysterious background. But it could be, that could be it. It seems possible. What do you think the
1: chances are? It seems like granted Teddy got pretty quickly gunned down by Hector and his gag and his sidekick. I think her name is armistice uh ironically enough, uh, I think they're gonna make a few more appearances obviously as the, as the days go by and yeah. they they eventually uh resuscitate themselves. Do you think the chances are if these if they do eventually rise up against? these human hosts, do you think there's a chance that the white hat and the black hat will come together that these two guys with the sort of lawful man, the prodigal son and the big bandito might join forces to against their common enemy? Yeah, I
2: think so. Yeah. Cause there, there was like, there's even an element to Teddy that you kind of see when he couldn't, uh, uh, you know, kill, um, the man man black black, um, that there was this kind of sense of revenge there, and, and when he came back the next day, it just to me, there was this kind of bit of melancholy to the character where he maybe didn't actually know what happened, but it seemed like there was a there was more weight um, on his shoulders the next day after that happened, um, which can kind of con- continues to contribute to you know them remembering what's being done to them and them wanting to fight back.
1: And I don't know if you noticed, but in the final montage when it shows the next day. Teddy's sitting in the train. There's a split second where his hand goes over his heart as if he's feeling some sort of phantom pain. And that's where he got shot by Hector the day before. Oh.
2: That's a good call. Yeah, it, nice. it, it's it's there. It's all being set up and it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. Again, it'll just be a horde of old naked robots behind them as they storm the gates. Nobody
0: um, wants to see that. Get some clothes on first.
1: Did you see, no, you you see you you, you, you know HBO standards. You can have all the boobs you want, but maybe like two or three penises every season. Taps. They they hit their quota when they did that pan out shot of all the naked robots in cold storage. They,
0: they had, a, I think they had a couple of Deadwood. I think, if I remember correct. Um, no pun intended there.
2: Uh, 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 nicely done, Jack. Um, but any any other things we want to dig in with the the Man in Black here? I I, I like the idea that maybe he's an instigator of some sort to try and incite this revolution.
1: Mm, Yeah, I'm also thinking a little bit about, obviously, we only saw what was going on in Westworld behind the scenes about 15 minutes in. But this this, this Lee guy, this British douche, the fact that he's like a narrative... Guy That he's essentially in charge of writing the storylines for these characters. That's something that just really intrigues me, because that's not something that was talked about in the film, but I guess it makes sense, right? You have all these characters. So I wonder if... I feel like writers love to make meta examples of themselves in their shows whenever they can by bringing in a writer. So I wonder how many times are we going to point to Lee throughout the season and say, I wonder if this reflects what the Westworld writers are feeling right now.
2: <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. That'd be kind of cool. Um, and and it's kind of echoing that kind of difference between movie and, and TV show. Uh, the movie, it kind of flips the narrative uh, of the film where uh, in the film, it's you're going through the eyes of these people visiting the park um, whereas here it's, you're going through the eyes or the emotions of the hosts themselves. Um, right. cause you're not, we, we expect Teddy to be a visiting person, just kind of like that would make sense for the story, but it's not, he's, he's actually one of the hosts. Um, so it's, it's shifting the focus or, or maybe it's shifting our focus for who maybe we will sympathize with eventually, or at least making us try to sympathize with what, uh, the host's plight has been or what their, um, desire to fight back will be um but it, it just it gives a lot more weight and context to uh the cuz even you know we're referencing Jurassic Park I think it's important to like you don't you don't care about the dinosaurs too much um No we
1: don't we don't follow the T-Rex for the first 20 minutes yeah. of the film <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
2: um but so it's just it's a it's a it's a nice dynamic shift um and I think it just gives bigger um Allegorical connotations of like creation, um, which uh, people like uh, Nolan and Abrams, who produce the show, uh, are no stranger to. So, it, it, really excited to see how that plays out. Um, other other things we're digging into.
1: I am. I'm really like Bernard. Uh, I'm a Bernie bro. I guess I'll, I'll say because. <laughs> There's, there's Are we already selling
2: like the shipping names and the uh, fan names and everything? We're, we're digging exactly. uh, it A uh, bro, feel like I'm I like stealing, it. I feel like I'm stealing that from someone,
1: but uh, <laughs> I'll, we'll, probably specifically to rest world. I mean, I, I love Jeffrey Wright as an actor to begin with. Uh, Angels in America is my favorite play, and I love the HBO movie adaptation where he plays a character that I think he won an Emmy for, but he does a great job here. But I love this character because he's also very socially awkward, or I guess so concentrated on his work where... I don't know if you guys caught this where he's talking with his crew but he stops in the middle of a conversation to point out someone's like facial tic and it's clear yeah. that he wants to incorporate that into his work. It's clearly he's a workaholic. There I want to put a pin in something where I think it's an offhanded question. Maybe it's um maybe it's one of the hem, the Hemsworth bro, the bulky Hemsworth that's in this <laughs> yes. uh, this TV show. I think, it's I think Todd he Adamsworth. Uh might be oh, Luke
2: Hemsworth. Sorry, Luke Hemsworth.
1: Luke Hemsworth, Stubbs, uh, the elder Hemsworth, he, I believe. But he, uh, he asks Bernie, I think at some point, "Do you have any kids?" And he says no. But there's one establishing shot in one of the Westworld HQ scenes where he's looking at a picture of a child. So I wonder if the no is a lie. Does the no mean he had kids, and for some reason they either went away or disappeared? There's a lot to be unlocked. I feel like with Bernard's personal history and maybe why he connects so much to this project specifically
2: yeah i mean maybe maybe the, the his child died um and the work that he's doing could maybe bring the child back or maybe he i don't know i don't know huh but it's, maybe. it's a good call out that. though um but it, there's also just like this kind of um youthful joy that he brings to his work that he's doing like when when he when he points out the reveries and the little thing with the finger like he's there 's a sense of like wonderment uh in discovering it uh that is more of the John Hammond kind of approach where it's just like in mm. in wonderment of the work that 's being done but not uh being aware of the fact that what are they creating and what could happen with the things that they're creating.
1: And contrast that to the other people that seem to work there outside of Ford who seem to treat this just like a very serious job, you know, or they're begrudgingly saying, oh, we're going to have to rewrite this storyline or we're going to have to bring them in. It seems like his co-workers are much more, I wouldn't use the term serious, but they're probably less invested in the minute aspects of the job than Bernie is.
2: Well, it's kind of like what uh, it's
0: Bernie's life; it's not their life.
2: <laughs> well, no, it's it's it kind of makes um, the the fantastical mundane, uh, which is one of the things that I think uh, Ghostbusters did well in that you know they're they're best, they're actually capturing uh, you know ghosts. Uh, but they're making say, back to but those they make it look like it's like janitorial work, you know, they're kind of they're smoking and, you know, had a rough day and they're kind of sick, but they're <laughs> doing these fantastical things. Um, but it's just like a normal work day or, you know, like anybody has those those days at work where it's like, oh, I got to do this now. Um, it's that for them. It's very mundane. And if this has been around for 60 some odd years, you could see where the work would become that way for people. Yeah. Hmm.
1: I do want to point to one more thing which I saw or I noticed was at the very beginning of the episode, back when we think that Teddy is still a human, uh, when he's with Dolores and they're going over this picturesque landscape, uh, I, I might have misappropriated the term. Does she say, she should she point out this lead cow called the Judas cow is maybe what it was called? It was the one cow that leads the herd and, you know, Teddy asks, how do they know where to go? And she says, well, there's this one cow that the rest will follow. I wonder if the final shot and that symbol is sort of foreshadowing that Dolores is going to be the Judas cow Ooh, that if she's the first oh, nice. one that's sort of expressing this lack of order or straying from the path, a tiny bit that she might be the one that incites the rest of these characters to follow suit.
2: Ooh, I like that. That's like a that good a lot. call out. Um, Cause it, it, Again, just these these story elements that they're bringing out—that's a that's a really good one to call out. Um, given her stature is, because um, even referencing it, uh, the Hemsworth uh, brother, uh, Luke Hemsworth, his character name is Stubbs. Um, Stubbs, Stubbs. Um, you know, talking about how she's the oldest uh, person there, um, and her being that uh, bastion uh, holder that that uh, raises the charge. So. Um, that's a very good call out. That's a very, very, very good call out. Um, Thank you. you're welcome. That's why we're excited to have you on the show because <laughs> I can't think of these kinds of things. Um, but yeah, uh, awesome, awesome premiere episode. Like, um, it's, it's really hard to, to get a good, uh, premiere or a good pilot that kind of gets you hook, line and sinker. Um, it's rare. It's really rare. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think this, uh, pilot did it masterfully. Like there wasn't, There wasn't any point in time I was like, "Mm, okay, Um, I was engaged throughout the entire episode.
1: Yeah, and it, it was pretty slim as well. I feel like in spite of what we said at the very beginning of the podcast of, oh, maybe this will mean they'll have a propensity to really draw things out. I feel like they did pack a lot into the what, like hour and 10 minutes that occurred. We got introduced to a lot of characters, probably some more than others. We got introduced to the central concept and we got hints of a conflict. That's a lot to get out in that short amount of time.
0: Yeah. We also had a lot of a lot of questions, which mm-hmm. is great. Which is great if you're doing a podcast about a TV show,
2: <laughs> <laughs> So we can talk about those questions. Yeah, it um, helps. It's, it's a
0: lot easier when they don't spoon feed you. Go okay. Here's the answer. Well,
2: like you have like a main conflict, and you have like you have this man in black, whatever that's going to end up being, and then you have uh, the corporation, whatever they want to do with these uh, robots, and then you have yeah. Robert Ford. What's his motivations? Like, there's just a lot of uh, you know background machiavellian type stuff going on um that just presented itself really well in the first episode um it'll be exciting to see where it goes um well that is what we thought about this episode it is now time to hear what you guys thought about it. it's time for listener feedback uh gentlemen what do you say we get into that right now yeah all right here we go all right, so uh, if you guys want to send in feedback, the email is as follows. It's westworldjjm at gmail.com. Once again, it's westworldjjm at gmail.com. Uh, you can email us there uh, with any questions, comments, and or theories you might have. You can also give us a phone call at 385-309-0311. Uh, you can call any time, day or night. Any time. Uh, with your uh, questions, comments, and our theories, and we will play them and read them on the show. Given um, This is our first episode. Uh, we have one email here, which is kudos, that we actually had an email come in before we even said what our contact stuff was. Um, this is from Ethan, and it says, Hello, hope you guys enjoyed the show like I did. Uh, the man in black, Ed Harris, uh, not totally convinced he is not a host. Thoughts? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So there's a theory that oh, Jack, she... did we just did we just take your crackpot theory. Is that your crackpot theory? Just took
0: just took my thunder right out from under me. Thanks, Ethan.
2: Let it go. Um, but first, like...
0: the f- first email, and he just goes, "You know what? I'm gonna screw his crackpot theory up." <laughs> Thanks, Ethan. Go um, ahead. Just, well, there's a little more to it. But go ahead and finish it, Ethan. Go ahead and just uh, do me in.
2: what what's your thought there? So. I
0: I feel like Teddy right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Now you're you're the second fiddle. Now you know what James Marsden does with the majority of his career, Jack. Um that's wow. There's a lot of there's a lot of a lot in that. I mean, I guess then the question would be is he a former Westworld host? Is he a host from another world that has sort of broken his way in and has sort of broken ranks? I guess that this goes back to our question of the man in black being a host sympathizer, albeit through some very Questionable methods to imprint memories onto them, that could be something that led to Cretus to that theory.
2: Yeah, and then I guess the thing is like through time or somehow or some way did he find a way to not be killable by the by the bullets? That would be the kind of you know maybe that's part of his exploration of scalping these people. You want, and you want me to finish?
0: You want me to finish his theory?
2: Uh, well, let no save it for your crackpot well, theory. Well, I just
0: he's 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 ruined
2: it for me, so well, I just uh... then it'll be a quick one. But let's just dig into this before we get into your <laughs> thoughts. Here. Um, but uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see you know in all his explorations what he's doing. Has he found out a way to um, be immune to? Uh, the limitations that these other hosts have which would that would need to happen at some point if these hosts would be able to throw like a full-on revolution right yes Mm. um so he has somehow maybe gotten some of the answers and, and could turn on that but it's it's a really good thought again if we're kind of thinking of him as the gunslinger motif uh if we're if if we're Bringing in something from the movie, Yul Brenner's character, the gunslinger, um, was like just the, keep adding, to Jake. Just keep going. The main antagonist uh, from <laughs> uh, the the movie, and um, let's also
0: say Ed Harris is bald. Yul Brenner was bald.
2: That's the a connection? I think not. Yul Brenner was a, all,
0: all. All bald guys are mean and bad. So, uh,
2: but Yul Brenner was that was a fashion choice. I think he shaved it for The King and I, um, and he's kept it that way because it gave him his like iconic look.
0: Because he looks he looks angry when he's bald. He looks mean.
2: Um, but yeah, no, I I think I think that's uh, I think it's a good thought, Ethan. Kudos for our first feedback. Very good feedback.
0: I w- I d- I wasn't impressed by it.
2: <laughs> you to been there, done that, according to Jay. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, now that uh, Jack's crackpot theory has been spoiled, uh, we should jump Stop into it. Stolen. stolen. I uh, let, I
0: sat this whole episode with you guys talking, going, ah, uh, uh, uh,
1: So you'd say yeah. Ethan is the Hector in this case. He rode into your saloon, your theory saloon, and robbed you at gunpoint of your theory. Most of your theory. You still have some residuals left over. Yes.
2: <laughs> oh, this is great best day ever. Um. All right, it is now time for our Crackpot Theory of the Week. Jack, are you ready? Yeah, sure, I'm ready. All right, here we go. All right, Jack, what do you got for us?
0: Hey, what if uh, Man in Black is a robot? What <laughs> if he's a host? I've about...
1: never heard that idea before. That's the most it's original the way... thing I've heard in the past ten minutes. No, <laughs> I, think, I, think,
0: I think that Robert Ford has reprogrammed the Man in Black to do Ooh. these things because he's anti-corporate. You see him talking to Bill the robot. He's having drinks with Bill the robot. Uh-huh. I think the the robots are his. I think that's his family. And you almost see it with Bernard because he's just so you know infatuated with the robots or the I'm sorry the host that maybe that I think Robert is doing something too because the corporation seems to be you know you have the like, what's the one woman in charge where she just seems to be kind of uh, what's her name is it?
2: wants to take over essentially or or Lee suggests that she should take over.
0: Yeah, and she goes, it just seems like the corporate – people working for the corporate are just there for the, the money and, and – uh, Teresa, Colin. Ter- Teresa. So you, th- you see that Robert is more – like I said, he's hanging out with, down in the basement with, the, with, the, with Bill drink, having some whiskey. I think that he's done something to the man in – black. he's programmed him where he can't be killed.
2: Ooh.
1: Mm, Yeah, I was was thinking after hearing Ethan slash your first part of the theory, (laughs) I thought that if there's a chance that he is a robot, that this is sort of the latest experiment from Ford, creating this creature that is entirely self-knowing and knows entirely of what it is and what its function is and how it might function based on that. Maybe Ford let it out on purpose. Maybe it decided to escape and Ford neglected to mention it. But there's a case that this we asked about why what are the man in black working towards maybe it's this you know i'm trying to think of there is this i feel like there's an example somewhere from in pop culture where there's this creature or this like robot that like betrayed its master and now it's sort of living its life as a robot out in the world without any, actually having any sort of allegiance
0: there was a whole tv show like that wasn't there
1: Yeah, maybe and it escapes me right now i'm sure there are a myriad of examples (laughs) but i feel like that's i feel like that that's true that's what we might be getting towards is that maybe the man in black is sort of a a vigilante here he's sort of is trying to He's not exactly playing the game as much as he's off doing his own thing. He wants to get deeper into the game, right? That's what he tells the guy right. that eventually scalps. So maybe he's sort of a rogue agent that was created by Ford, but is now sort of off on his own, knowing that he's a robot and is trying to figure out exactly what that means.
0: Yeah, I can see that, but to me, it just—it's he was so similar to Yule Brenner's character. The fact that he was wearing black, he just—he had that you know stone face where he just kind of you know where he just had that killer look. So I he I I just I believe one hundred percent that he's a he's a, he's at least a, a former host.
2: Um, but I I like the idea that he is Robert Ford's agent. Um, but it it, it again, there's just so it, many it, different it, ways it, you could it, go with like you it, it, said it. it's
0: Anthony. It's Anthony Hopkins. They just wouldn't bring him in here to be the guy in the basement building these things, right? He, yeah. He's. I feel, he, I feel like that would be <laughs> like a
1: Malcolm, That would be like Malcolm McDowell instead of uh, right, instead exactly. of Anthony. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, he's he's too important of an actor to to you know too, he just can't have a small role, unless that's the twist that they're just trying to throw us off,
2: throw us off the, know, off
0: the scent. yeah, but I think he I think he him and the man in black have some connection somewhere down the line.
2: Right, that's a, that's a good theory. That's a good crack. I, but listen,
0: for taking all my thunder, to
2: Ethan. No, I, I think you still brought enough to it. I'm I'm not yeah, usually uh, I will be the first to criticize you, but I think you brought enough more to it. All right <laughs> all right, okay, um, so that is
0: your crackpot theory, and I'm sticking to it all right, um, it. T- even then, I'll still stick to it
2: all right, guys, that is it for our first episode. uh, thank you for listening, Mike uh, fantastic work, sir. super excited to have yeah, you on the show. Excellent.
1: yeah, thank you. This has been great to sort of parse out these theories. I'm definitely ready to put jack slash Ethan's theory in my pocket as we sort of. Uh, make our way down the dusty road that is this season and to see what questions and other theories may come about as a result. We might I can't wait to listen back to this at the end of the season and know how completely wrong we were about every single thing we suggested.
0: Never, you never go back and listen to those.
1: <laughs> no, you just wait until people on
2: social media point it out to you, right? <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: They'll do it once in a while.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but again, if you'd like to give us a call, you can do so at 385-309-0311. Playtime. Um, And you can give us an email to westworldjjm at gmail.com. I want to send a special thanks to our patrons that make this show possible, especially Icard Richter, Tack from Tokyo, and Brad from Chicago. If you'd like to become a patron, you can do so today by going to patreon.com slash janejack or janejack.com and click on the Become a Patron link uh mike you are a prolific podcaster do you want to uh plug uh your many many great works uh, that you do and where other people sure
1: can find you? uh there's a good amount of them uh if you're a fan of reality television you can find me doing a bunch of stuff on rob has a podcast and reality tv Hap ups i also cover tv for the scripted portion of rob has a website's big satellite network of podcasts, which is at Post Show Recaps. There I cover mainly Once Upon a Time, but I do a bunch of other coverage as well. I just did a big podcast about the Emmys a couple weeks ago. I do the Survivor Historians podcast, which takes a look at back at Survivor. Again, if you're a big reality TV fan and a fan of general zaniness, that's a fun one. And if you're a fan of... uh. Overanalyzation of weird films. Take a look at a movie podcast I do called The Hamster Factor where myself and AJ Mass, who's also a podcaster and a writer for ESPN. He shows me a movie that I've never seen before, and we talk for way too long about it and gauge <laughs> my general thoughts about it and his personal history on it. It's a, a lot of fun to sort of see how our opinions differ and what I think about the movie in hindsight as opposed to placing it in the history of films. So there's a a lot to check out there, but I hope you do because there's so much fun to do. This one included. When do you sleep? Never do. I'm the robot. <laughs> this is the <a> big reveal. <laughs> Screw the flies.
2: Um, and there's also uh, there's also, – I'm sure there's going to be a lot of different Westworld podcasts out there. Uh, but uh, from what I understand, um, uh, Joe pinionated or Joe Garfine uh, and uh, Wiggler uh, of the Wiggle Room fame – um is doing one as well uh and I feel like should we say ours is gonna be better than theirs? it already I, is
1: i guess in the in the metaphoric uh showdown at the o OK k podcast corral, we drew first <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh but yes
0: we're, we're we're man in black and they're teddy <laughs> oh, <laughs> um
2: Ooh. but uh but yes, uh Joe. Uh, and Josh, good friends to the show. Um, and, uh, we'll, it, I, I feel like we got to come up with some way, um, to, I don't know, talk crap about them every single week or have some type of way to compete with them on a weekly basis. I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know how we'll get there, but I oh, feel we like we should do something. We yeah,
1: have, we have, we have nine more episodes to figure it out. And then hopefully five more seasons
2: after that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but should be a lot of fun uh and uh i'm really excited to, to talk about this season uh any final words uh gentlemen before we close out the show uh no i'm just ready
1: to get into a deep sleep <laughs> nice nice uh action jackson
0: i'm just glad i enjoyed the show because you never you never know when you go in you go in blind remember we've done a few where you go oh mm-hmm. can't wait to podcast about this show oh this show's terrible
2: well it's it, i don't want to say leftovers like but the first season was so depressing it was depressed. It was like, oh, okay, I got to get it. But then second season up, was, dude, like, to... the best season of TV ever. So, like, it kind of yeah. balances itself out. But, um, no, yeah, I agree. It's this – you never know with a new show. It's no V.
0: That's all I'm going to say. It's
2: no V. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, that is it for our first episode. We will see you next week uh, after the second episode. Uh, definitely get in your feedback. Love to discuss the show with you as well. Until then, hasta luego and goodbye.
1: 18 plus.